stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. We're going to text from Joel, who called me Dave for some reason, but that's okay. Uh, he says, we're fighting ISIS and likely one of their derivatives, Dave. I'm amazed you missed that. Well, no, I didn't miss that, but that's the point. If you were listening to the government's announcement today, you wouldn't have heard that. If the Canadian government, if the Justin Trudeau government believes that we need to send Canadian troops to go and fight Islamists, then that's the case that they need to make to Canadians. If there's a vested Canadian interest in going to Mali and defeating these forces and helping to contribute militarily to a defeat on the part of these forces, then let's make the case for that. But that's not happening. We're not really getting any details on what the nature of the conflict is or who our enemies might be, who our allies might be. This is billed as peacekeeping. If we view it as peacekeeping, then by definition, we don't have enemies. That we're there to keep a peace. But there really is no peace to be kept. Uh, back to the Washington Post uh, profile of this, this mission there. It says, in 2012, Islamic radicals linked to al-Qaeda hijacked an uprising and went on to seize cities across northern Mali, holding on for nearly a year until they were forced out by a French military intervention. When 11,000 U.N. troops arrived in 2013, they were meant to protect a fledgling peace deal and train the Malian army. But Islamist extremists regrouped across the region. It did not take long before the militants started targeting peacekeepers, whom they dubbed Crusader Occupation Forces. The United Nations was remarkably unprepared for that threat. Most of its troops from Africa and South Asia brought tanks, vehicles that were easy targets for explosives. The UN compounds, dotted with metal storage containers, turned into offices and bedrooms, had flimsy perimeter security, and were vulnerable to the massive car bombs used by al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, a regional affiliate of al-Qaeda. For a while, UN forces didn't even have a single attack helicopter. Okay, so if you're talking about a quote-unquote peacekeeping mission that lacks for attack helicopters, are you really talking about a UN peacekeeping mission? So that's the concern here. Look, we have a, a Canadian military that's obviously been engaged in conflict in Afghanistan and other places and could probably contribute there if that's what we want to do. But that's not how the government is billing this. That's not how the government is selling this. So we're talking about what's likely very much a combat mission that's being dressed up as a blue helmet UN peacekeeping mission for political purposes. So that gets back to the point that the government simply needs to be honest with Canadians about what's going on in Mali and what Canadian troops are going to be getting involved in. But I'm not seeing that. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. This is uh, Anthony. Anthony, welcome Hi. to the show. Thank you. Um, yeah, I used to be in the British military and I've served time in Northern Ireland. You know, as a as a military guy, we never ask questions. You just, you know, you're, you're in there to do a job and you just do it and also you come back in one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, did they give us a reason why we were going? Yeah, to keep the peace. You know, to, to it was, it wasn't designated as a, uh, as a, you know, a peacekeeping in a way in the sense of, you know, we blew helmets and all the rest of it, but it was basically, that's what we were there to support the, uh, the police. Um, but at the end of it, is anyone going to come, when they get back, after this, if they've got to go, fine. You know, they're soldiers, they do what they're told. But when they get back, 
and are they going to get looked after? Because they think they're going to come back in body bags, or they're going to come back injured. What's going to happen? You know, they don't get treated right. We know that. Um, you know, I just don't understand why we have to get involved in all this peacekeeping. If they're going to go there, go there and fight, or give the people who are over there the support they need in the, in the sense of equipment, um, helicopters, whatever they need to fight the fight, they've got to fight. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, appreciate the phone call. Look, we're going to send Canadians over to Mali. Man, we better make sure that they're able to protect themselves because they're going to have to. Right? This is what this mission is. You know, back to this, this article. It says, at the UN headquarters and around the world, diplomats are debating, should UN forces be engaged in counterterrorism at all? Peter Yao with the UN Foundation, a Washington-based nonprofit that supports the goals of the world body, says it's time for us to realize that this kind of frontline role is central to the future of the United Nations. But critics say such a role would violate the peacekeepers' core principle of impartiality and ultimately make them less effective. So again, we're talking about a mission in Mali that is not peacekeeping. That critics view as the opposite of peacekeeping. So fine, if, if we want to argue that the UN should be engaged in counterterrorism and we're going to be on the front lines of that fight, then let's make that, that pitch. Let's explain that to Canadians. Oh, and by the way, the uh, federal government today making a point of emphasizing that there will be more women involved in this mission, Foreign Affairs Minister Chrystia Freeland. We will ensure that Canada contributes to reaching the objectives of UN Security Council Resolution 2242 by increasing the number of women deployed in peace operations. So we're talking about gender balance today. We're not really talking about the realities of Mali. But it'll be more gender balanced. Here's um, Foreign, Minister, uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Christia Freeland once again uh, saying that she's very aware that this will be a dangerous, uh, dangerous mission. We are very aware of the complexities and the difficulties of the situation in Mali. Indeed, it is the complexity and the difficulty of the situation there which requires a UN peacekeeping force and says they have not taken this decision lightly. We want to ensure that our contribution will have a tangible impact on the ground. Canada has always supported the UN and continues to believe firmly that UN peacekeeping missions are an important tool for maintaining international peace and security and for supporting the rules-based international order. Okay, so again, to reiterate, the UN mission in Mali has seen more than 150 deaths since being launched five years ago. But as we talked about, this is not really seen as peacekeeping. The UN calls it a peace operation. Others call it a counterterrorism operation. It's a combat mission in many respects. And if we're going to send Canadian troops there, they need to go there thinking that this is a combat operation, that this is dangerous, that they could come home in a conflict. So while the uh, liberals seem to be paying lip service to the idea of the dangers inherent in this mission, they're still using the word peacekeeping to describe it. And to me, that seems irresponsible. Conservative foreign affairs critic Aaron O'Toole says there needs to be a debate 
in the House of Commons. To be truly thoughtful, Minister, you would bring the debate and articulate to Canadians why it's in our national interest to send our men and women on a very, very difficult mission. So again, what are we getting into? For how long? How do we define success? How much more are we prepared to contribute? 974-8255 is our number, 974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Welcome back, 974-8255 is the telephone number. Got some more time for your calls here. Josh, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Real good, thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to make a point about this whole thing. I think what you need to do, if you're going to put people in uh, potentially harm's way, you need to define the operation and define the enemy and stop with the kind of enemy my, my position on it these days is. We cannot be going in and just continually putting a Band-Aid on a situation that is just going to continually bubble up and boil over. Right. Well, I mean, here we are in 2018. This has been ongoing for over five years now. Yes, the French were in there yep. back in Mali with uh, special operations and special forces as well as their sort of green army, as it were. And they lost a bunch of soldiers. And they were definitely prepared for it as they've uh, been working in and out of Africa forever. All right. Well, and, that, you know, that's the thing. The French did send troops there, but no one was under any illusions about what it was. They didn't call it a peacekeeping mission. Right, it was Operation uh, Serval, That's right. which was this French military operation that had had a very clearly defined enemy, very clearly defined goal. It was not peacekeeping, <laughs> not by any stretch. No, and um, I think the, uh, however you want to call it, the enemies who are there, the jihadists, they are very, very adapt to seeking weakness and exploiting it like they have done on every battlefield in the last 15, 20, 25 years. You're going to do it. Do it right. None of this counterinsurgency stuff. Surgical operations, however you want to put it. Just my two cents. Yeah, well said, Josh. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, This is Bob. Bob, go ahead. Hi, Rob. Hey, Bob. My belief is that the U.N. creates this peace mission under the auspice of a peacekeeping. And peacekeeping to me is based upon two sides already having a truce and a peacekeeping force, which Canada has been going since 52, sits in the middle to keep that truce between them. When you look at what we've done in Yugoslavia and Rwanda, the UN screwed it all completely up because that was not peacekeeping. They were all at war and Canada had to make decisions that the UN didn't like and that costs our generals their time there where we are now going to go into Mali. And the problem comes is that it's not a peacekeeping and it really isn't peacemaking because we're technically going into an area of war where there is counterterrorism, you know, or sides are fighting. We have to make that decision that if we're going to go in, we're going in as a military not under the auspices of the UN, ex- except that they are the top, but our own generals can make the decisions relating to the combat area that they're in and not have to listen to the UN regarding politics while you can't shoot somebody unless they shoot at you. Yeah, there you go. Bob, you're right. Appreciate the phone call. Right. There was a ceasefire. 
And then in 2013, that ceasefire ended. Here's something else to consider. There are 16 active UN peace operations. The Mali mission is the only one that authorizes troops to deter and counter, quote, asymmetric threats, as in terrorist groups. Let's see what uh, Tom has to say. Tom, go ahead. Well, Rob, you know, it's pretty interesting. We send our soldiers over to other countries to do good things, but they come home dead. And once you're dead, your family members see that, and there is nothing else for that individual. I don't think we should be sending our troops to other countries. I mean, often you talk to soldiers that have been to other countries, and they go, it's not our fight. We shouldn't be there. They didn't want us there, and people are dying over it. And now we're going to send women over there in equality to die alongside the guys? I just think that uh, have all the politicians line up first and have them in the front lines first because, you know what, nobody would be going over there if it was up to those spineless people. They send other people to do the dirty work, and, you know, it's political, and it's just sad to see anybody die for no cause. And they, they blow it up, but the truth is they're dying for nothing, and none of these guys should go over there. We should be protecting Canada and, and putting our best foot forward for Canada, and this isn't going to help us. Tom, thanks for that. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, well, let's go from one Tom to another. Tom, welcome to the program. Yeah, Rob, the, uh, the Liberals do not care about the well-being of those troops. And you do not have to go very far back into history to see it. John Cretchen sent him into Afghanistan in Yotas jeeps with canvas or armor. And then they turn around. This, this bunch is running it now. They have a deal on a new jet fighter for the Air Force. And what do they do? They cancel that, and they buy a bunch of worn-out F-18s from Australia. That's how much they care about our troops. That's basically all I've got to say. Yeah, all right, Tom, appreciate the phone call. They certainly made a mess uh, with regard to the uh, fighter jets issue. So who knows where to get those new fighter jets. But yeah, we, we sent troops to Afghanistan, and we sent troops to Afghanistan to fight. And nobody was under any illusions about that. That's what the role was there. It was a dangerous mission, and we lost a lot of Canadians there, a lot of good Canadians. Right, so ultimately, we entrust elected politicians to make decisions on when and where, whether to deploy Canadian soldiers, whether to put Canadians in harm's way. It's a responsibility they need to take incredibly seriously. So maybe we do have some, some interest at stake in what's going on with Mali. But the government needs to define it that way. They need to level with Canadians. Here's why it's in our interest. And not to simply defer to the United Nations, the nostalgia for the blue helmet. Because that's not what this is. And the sooner we understand that, the better. 974-8255 is a number back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.